are now listening to Run blocking last year was not good. And uh, our whole O-line missed A-Day just about because <laughs> uh, uh, they did not get their weight up. They were hurt. Um, you know, what do we think about O-line this year and how a big a storyline it's going to be in 2022? Uh, you know, we've got Zach Calzada who played behind a very beleaguered O-line last year at Texas A&M. We've got Robbie Ashford who can move and we've got TJ Finley who is not as mobile as the other quarterbacks. So he may need uh, a little bit more protection than the others or quicker release than the others if he cannot buy himself time like they can. You know, how important is run blocking going to be to holding teams off from teeing off on our O-line and going after the quarterback? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. You know, how important is run blocking going to be to holding teams off from teeing off on our O-line and going after the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going to be paramount that we are able to move the ball successfully on the ground. You know, even if they're going to be loading the box, you know, there are things that we can do from a play calling standpoint to help that out. But you just got to, you know, sometimes it's it's third and short, right? And throwing the ball is just not that you you got to man up and you got to push some people off of the, the line of scrimmage every now and then. Uh, hopefully an additional year in the strength and conditioning program. You know, we've talked to the athletes that are here in that program um, and, you know, we've got people saying that there's PRs happening all over the place, right? They're, they're doing their personal records, meaning they've gotten stronger year over year this year. Hopefully that translates to a, a strengthened ability to be able to just push, get pushed in the trenches, because that was really the big thing that we were having an issue with uh, from a run blocking standpoint is that we weren't getting movement. There's a lot of stalemates happening. And for the run game to be effective, you need to reestablish where that line of scrimmage is, right? Like if it's at the 30-yard line, it needs to be 30-plus by the time you're you're disengaged from that block. Um, and if the defensive line is either stalemating or they're winning that and they're reestablishing it in our offensive backfield, then that's going to be a problem. That means that your running back is going to have to make a move behind the line of scrimmage or um, the first place that they're going to receive contact is going to be a linebacker who's uh, shooting the gap or, uh, you know, a defensive back. So it's going to be important to be able to be a well-balanced offense that we be able to win first downs, second downs, whatever that's going to be, wherever the run play is called. And so that we're not predictable offensively. And I think that's the problem that we had a lot last year is we became more predictable because defenses did not fear our ability to get push in the, in the run game. And then our offense became all right, well, we'll figure out how to stop this underneath stuff and dare you to throw it over the top. We weren't proficient at that. So it's really hard to move the ball. So uh, hopefully this year, uh, more strength and conditioning will allow us to get more of that push and be more of the type of offense that Brian Harson and uh, Coach Keys want to run. Brian, how big a jump is this? How big a jump is this from what we saw last year to what we're going to need this year to be successful? 
unlike every other aspect of our team where marginal improvement would be significant, I think this is the one where we need significant improvement in this area in order to be a really good team. The offensive line, um, we, we graded out fairly well. And Mike, you've got all the analytics. You make sure to tell us every other show that we actually graded out fairly well in pass blocking. Run blocking was another story, and it was fairly obvious. And you could see with the play calling, um, maybe uh, about a third of the way through the season, they were trying to mix it up. They were trying to call intermediate uh, passes, long passes, runs to the outside, runs to the inside, short passes to the running backs. Uh, well, Chavez in particular, he was the person who kind of held that duty. But they had to do a little bit of everything because we weren't good enough at anything to do it when we wanted to do it. And that's still the case as far as we know, that we think that we have improved across the board. Just, again, the solidarity with the team is going to be a factor. Like Ike said, physically and mentally, uh, the PRs that are going on, the buy-in, that's going to make a difference. We've got to be great at something, something. Maybe we've got the horses. Maybe we don't. Time will tell. Marginal improvement on the offensive line would mean hopefully – We hold Pat with how well we were able to pass block, but we get more push run blocking. And it doesn't have to be. I think about the first down that Tank didn't get trying to run in the Iron Bowl. You get a little more push. What did did he miss? He got pulled down from the back when when he needed like a yard and a half. I mean, we're not talking about a lot in that way. Now, it does take improvement on a person-to-person basis, and that's probably what's so significant about run blocking and and running the ball in general. I don't need just one dude to be good. I need four or five dudes to be good and them all to be good at the same time in order for this to work. You can have four guys doing their job on a play on the offensive line and one guy whiffs and now the whole play is busted. The offensive line is probably the hardest thing to get right because you have to have five guys working together in concert at the same time. The continuity is going to help. Being Having the same offensive line coach, having the in principle, the same offense, all that's going to help. But we have questions, and I think it's fair to have questions about the guys that are here and that are returning, are they physically up to the challenge of being difference makers and getting more push than they were able to last year? And I think that's a fair question because it's not just can you do it because you're also coming off injury. Right. right. Your your best, if you were healthy, may not be the best if you've had a significant injury. I mean, uh, Brahms had surgery right after the season. We had, uh, what's his name? He transferred in from Akron. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but he's came, he claimed his COVID year. He's coming back. But he was injured oh, last council. year. Yeah. yeah. Council was injured last year. Our significant, Keandre Jones is probably the one guy who's like, no, he's he's a big hog molly. That, that's a big guy who can handle his own. And And we've heard that from repeated sources. He graded out the best, I think, of all our offensive linemen in run blocking. However, I want confidence that not only is an offseason of UPRing going to help, but that your PR is good enough to hold us up in this conference playing against who we have to play against. I think there's a good chance that it is good enough for us to improve. How much? I don't know. Um, I know it has to be significant because what I would like to do is instead of just being able to run is to be able to depend on it. Not just, oh, okay, well, Tank can get five yards to carry. No, how about Tank get six, six and a half? Like right. that, that's where I want right. to be. 
You know what I mean? I want to be able to just, hey, put the quarter in, spin it, and know we're going to come up um, and be able to cash something out because that's how powerful our O-line is. Because I think our backs probably aren't getting the respect that they deserve. I saw some preliminary running backs in the conference rankings, and Tank's never number one, and that bothers me. He's never number one because part of it is how many tackles he's able to break on average over the course of a season. Um, and a lot of it is that Tank is getting contacted sooner. So he's there's it's easier to get to him than it is to get to other backs. It just is. And even though those metrics sound like they grayed out fairly, well, he broke three and Tank broke one. Yeah, but, you know, if, if more guys have an angle on Tank because our offensive line couldn't do enough, then it's easy to explain why he gets tackled and embrace less tackles or he gets tackled more readily. So right. I want Tank to get his shine. And, and I want Jarquez to get his shine, man. I think we got some dogs back there in the backfield. And I don't think it's going to take the best run-blocking O-line in the conference for them to, to be extremely productive. But I do think it's going to take significant improvement upon who, for whoever those five guys are on the front. And I'm hoping that we see it this season. We did we did a lot of film review last year, and I felt like Ike and I spent a good amount of time on social media arguing with people about how teams were loading the box against us. Right, and we were showing people during the film reviews there are regularly eight man boxes stacked against this offensive line because right. they do not respect our ability to be able to pass down the field efficiently. Yeah, so they teed off and tank, and those guys are having a hard time because you can only block uh, seven guys with five or five guys with six. Like you know, you can only block overloaded so much. Right, and they spent a good portion of the season just under a lot of heat because we could not pass the ball down the field. Now, I believe that no matter who we start at quarterback, they're they're going that person is going to have to help in this regard in some ways because there are teams, I think, right out the gate next year, based on what we put on tape last year, they're going to take that same tactic. Let's tee off on Auburn and prove that they can beat us down the field. So uh, interesting conversation there with the O-line. Um, now, who's on O-line? Let's talk about who's on O-line. Ike, we got a graphic uh, with the current yeah, O-linemen we can... Toss up here right Let's quick. take a look at who is in the offensive line position right now. So currently, so this this is actually something that I think is interesting. You know, uh, a lot of people on social media I've seen in in chat rooms and such are talking about we're, we're, we're thin at O-line, we're thin at O-line. We do have a lot of bodies at O-line, right? Like mm-hmm. I now how, how stacked we are with talent in the O-line room, I don't know. We definitely have a lot of bodies. The issue that you're going to see here, though, is how many of these guys are seniors? How many of these guys are juniors that are, you know, NFL eligible guys running out of eligibility? But we've mm-hmm. got a ton of guys here in the room, um, and we definitely could use some additional ones. So you see the names here, um, and uh, you see the guys that we have that are returning, right? So we talked about Nick Brahms, right? So he's the anchor there at center. Um, Jalil Irvin has gotten some work at center, of course. Um but we've got a lot of returning starters. Keandre Jones, somebody that B. Will has talked about already. Alec Jackson uh, is another guy who's gotten significant playing time. Austin Troxel there in that room. Um, we've got the German Killian that's been gotten some work in there. Um, yeah, he filled in for Troxel when Troxel got hurt, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he was he he was good at pass blocking, not great at run blocking. Mm. Uh, but you know, when we're talking about run blocking guys who can just get nasty, like I don't know, Brendan Coffey's gotten a lot of uh, playing time out there. I just don't know 
who's who are going to be the five, right, that are going to step up and they're going to get in the trenches and be really nasty. That's, there's a lot that's left to be determined about that. Um, so, you know, but again, this is the room as it exists right now. I didn't realize how tall Brendan Coffee was, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got some size. Uh, you're right. We're senior laden. They're going to have to go out. What I see here is that recruiting O-line is, should be uh, of paramount importance, right? Like, <laughs> uh, because most of the guys that you see here are seniors are the guys likely to start. Um, I don't see really any underclassmen that will be starting on this line. There are no underclassmen that will be starting on this line this year. So. Right. Uh, between uh, Brahms, Irvin, Alec Jackson, Troxel, Brandon Council, uh, Killian, and Brendan Coffey. I think that's the meat of everybody who got time last year. Um, those guys are all upperclassmen, and uh, we're going to have some holes to fill on offensive line. I'm looking for Nick Brahms to have a gangbusters senior year. He needs it. He, he needs it. Absolutely. He yeah. needs it, man. Um, so, I mean, listen, I was I was critical of Nick Brahms. Um, rightfully in, so. You know, previous. I, I don't I think he improved last year, though. You know, you, you heard him talk about um, this was the, the first time that he like concept wise, he was really understanding some things, which is crazy. Like he understood film a little bit better. He w- he was more prepared this year than he had been in those previous seasons to see the things that were coming against him. So another year of being able to do that and in the strength and conditioning program, I think will do him good. But yeah, you're right. He he needs to to show something this season. Yeah, there was when we did that first film review with King for Top It Up with a Pro uh, last year, and he would talk about how Brahms needs to find some ribs. There were just whole plays where he would not have touched anybody while Bo was running around in the backfield. So, uh, yeah, and then from a strength and conditioning standpoint, I, I'll I'll die on this hill, man. This O-line was built to do something very different than what yeah. they tried to do last year. Right, So Absolutely. it looked like we took a step back because physically they weren't up to the task of trying to run smash mouth run game and you know a lot of it was built around misdirection right it was built around fooled you we're going this way and when teams figured that out even when we were running that system the results were bad Uh they were really bad we looked inept and now harson is trying to build a team that is built to physically overpower opponents like you know it, it reminds me you know those teams where we know what you're doing. We know you know what we're doing, but you're not going to be able to stop it because we're stronger than you, we're faster than you, and we're going to out-execute. That's what they're trying to do. That's what Georgia did like, last year. You know, the, the, right. the, old, the old system was built around, hey, we may not be stronger, faster than you, but we can make up some ground yeah, if we can trick you. leverage you or flank yeah. you or things like that. But yeah, that, that's exactly what Georgia's formula for success was last year. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to run the ball a bunch. Stop it. That's it. Stop we're us from running something. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and they would just keep, they're just going to rotate backs and they're just going to keep running it at you until your defense is too tired to absorb that contact play after play after play. And then when you commit more people down to the box... Their quarterback was going to be accurate enough down the field to be able to burn your safety creeping up or your, um, you know, your your cornerback that's got his eyes in the backfield. That they, they they did a really great job of playing old school football. We're yeah. gonna 
have the best defense that college football has seen in years, mm-hmm. and we are going to run the ball down your throat repeatedly every single game. And it worked. It worked all the way to a national championship in, in an era where people said that it, it couldn't happen anymore. Right. Like that, yeah. that brand of football does not win championships. People have been saying that for the past probably 10 years, that that brand of football doesn't win championships. Georgia went out and said, all right, we'll see. Yeah, here's our mid-quarterback in our running game. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the plan offensively. Here's Stetson Bennett, <laughs> a great running game, and a deep shot every once in a while. What? With our 15 five stars. <laughs> I was staunchly on the train of if a guy starts looking shaken or, or, or like the moment's too big for him, you pull him. Because I said that all year about Bo Nix. And then, of course, we catch all the, the slings and arrows, right? And then in the national championship game, Stetson Bennett, he had a pick that was kind of egregious. And I was like, oh, pull him. And then he comes back and wins the game. And then a couple mm-hmm. people were like, hey, I thought you said you'd pull him. I was like, yeah, well, I would. It was our quarterback because we don't have that defense to give me uh, 10 strikes at the plate. But I guess if you Stetson Bennett with that defense, he was playing across from him. Sure, sure. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there, there's a thing, too, about, like, understanding what rattles your quarterback, too. Like, That's true. not playing well is different than not being able to overcome poor play. Yeah. And some quarterbacks are just built a little differently where it's like a bad play or a bad, even a bad half isn't to think like, I mean, look at what happened to us last year against Bryce Young. He was not having a good game. Like that Bama offense looked inept against our defense for three and a half quarters. And that last quarter and a half in overtime, he was surgical. Now, I don't want to get into splitting hairs about missed calls and all that kind of stuff. But still, Bryce Young, when he had his opportunity to throw a touchdown to a guy, Mm -hmm. He couldn't have play, he couldn't have put that ball any better. Right. He there, there is no other place he could have placed that ball exactly but exactly where he did and it wasn't like he t- took a long time to decide that's where he was going with it either. He right. took a drop and he was like, "All right, I'm going to my guy right here. It's going to be open. This is where I'm going to put it. Either him or we're going home." So, again, there's a, there's a difference between I'm not playing well and I am a mentally weak quarterback and I'm not playing well and Hey, I, but if I got another shot, we we still can win this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, we've got to toughen up mentally. Um, and I, I'm wondering, in these first two games, I'll be watching to see whether this team has the belief that they can. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're building a lot of that belief this offseason. And, you know, I want to see more of it as it unfolds on the field. Because by Penn State, they have to have it together. By Penn State, by game mm. three... Your your team, you're starting to be the team that you're going to be for the rest of the season. Like, how many yeah. teams do we see make significant turnarounds without significant changes in personnel midseason? I mean, well, it's not that I don't agree that we need to have something together. I think, I think we got rid of our undependable quarterback, and they kept theirs. Sean Clifford claimed his fifth year, and 
Yeah, he played a hell of a game against us, and it looked yeah, like we were unprepared. Best game of the year versus us. And <laughs> then I think they lost to Illinois in quadruple overtime, like twenty to eighteen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a huge difference when you got a guy that you can't trust. They were at home in their whiteout game, which I think the statistics we read leading up to that game, they stand a better chance of winning that game against whoever it is, even when it was Ohio State and in Michigan and in talented teams. That's their heave-ho. That was their ace in the hole is a whiteout at night, and that's a senior quarterback, and that was the best game they could possibly play. They're not getting that this time. They're here. And enough of the people on this defense remember what it was like to go up there and lose, and we still made the mistakes to lose that game. We did not just get outplayed in that game. So right. we don't. I don't think we have to be set in 100% who we're going to be by by midseason to beat them because I don't think they're going to be that good. They lost Jaquan Brisker. They lost their all-world wide receiver who got drafted because he was Jahan really Dotson. Yeah, Dotson. So they're going to be replacing some stuff. And even though they've done a really good job of recruiting, you still got a mediocre dude pulling the trigger, and that gives me confidence in us. Well, I hope he's mediocre game three. Yeah, for <laughs> real. what I hope. I don't want to see... 20 for 22, Sean Clifford again. Uh, that was that was painful. Uh, but the defense that we play will have something to do with that. And mm-hmm. the run game, again, we're talking about we're talking about O line. We're talking about run blocking. Whether our run game can keep him off, keep their offense off the field. Sometimes your best defense is a good offense. And if you yeah. can run the ball, you can control the clock. And if you can control the clock, you can limit the amount of offensive possessions that a good offense has to score on you. And yeah. that is going to be the way it felt like we couldn't do that last year. So the run pass ratio was always way off because we get behind and then we can't run the ball and then we're throwing a bunch. And instead of the ratio being at least 50 50, we've got 10 to 15 more passes than we have runs. Yeah. Because it's the only way to get back in the game. Uh, so the O line is going to have to do better. The quarterback is definitely going to have to help with that. I think it's it's going to be all uh, team effort, uh, and I'm hoping in some of these building reports that we have coming to get some of these O linemen into these interviews and ask them about the progress that they're making. I'd be very interested to hear from them about, hey, how does strength and conditioning go for you guys this off season? Do you guys feel stronger? Do you feel like you're going to be able to get some push in the trenches? Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel like you're going to do the bullying instead of getting bullied this fall? Yeah, we need to become bullies on the O line. That's yeah, it. And- and some of that is mentality, right? Like you hear um, guys, um, you know, everybody knows I'm a big 49ers fan. So I, I, I've i listened to George Kittle talk about his mentality when it comes to blocking. And he just, he likes to go and push guys around. Like he gets pleasure out of knocking guys around out there, right? And just some people just have that mentality of like, you're not going to be physically better than me in this moment. Um, and you just have to kind of have that, whether you're the strongest, fastest, doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, yeah, you can bitch press a bunch of weight, but who's going to win in this moment right now? And I just, it's, it's going to be me, and I'm going to do this over and over again and just kind of demoralize you throughout the game. You kind of have to have that mentality. And the question is, have we built the the dog in the offensive line that says, I'm not going to get whipped consistently this game? Right. right. It's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, I, I think they're building uh, a team physically. They're building a team mentally. And they're going to need to build, build a team that can execute. 
Um, Jason jumps back in here and says, he names the starting O-line. He thinks Killian, Jaleel, uh, Brahms, Jones, and Troxel. That's the starting O-line as of right now. Cancel has um, has a chance. He's, he's had a lot of injury issues, yeah. right? So, like, right. Um, and then, of course, he was out for the spring. Um, so it will be interesting to see what kind of um, role he plays this year. Uh, again, he's one of those guys he needs, if he plans on playing football beyond this, he needs a good um, he needs a good year, right? Like re- regardless of his NFL aspirations, if he wants to go to, you know, one of these developmental leagues, whatever it is, uh, he needs a good year to be able to do that. Right, right. I was thinking about Jeremiah Wright because mm-hmm. he moved to defensive line. I think mm-hmm. he came out of high school playing both defensive and offensive line. He did. And I don't know if he came in here first. I think they moved him to defensive line his very first year here. But yeah. he, he can play both, and that's why they moved him back. He seemed to be, I mean, just kind of a remarkable athlete no matter what. Right. Physical enough to play defensive line, then that means you got to have the power to, to at least hold up on the offensive line. I wonder if he breaks into the rotation. And I'm, that's, well, that's just me thinking out loud. We just recently got a scoop on this. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Wright is actually back in the defensive line group. Look now. at that. Yes, yes yeah. he is. Right. Yes, he is. So what that tells me, though, is their confidence in the guys that we have. So there's a couple of things that I think is very interesting. Our activity in the transfer portal, right? Right. And that move with Jeremiah Wright um, tells me everything I need to know about what Will Friend and the rest of this Auburn staff feel about the guys we already have in our room. Because – now, and, and that's not to say that we didn't have any targets for offensive linemen or there weren't guys that we missed out on that they thought that they would want to bring in. But I do think it's very interesting that they had a guy in the room and they were like, you know what? We need you over here more than we need you here because I think we're solid here. It tells me a couple of things about defensive line, but it also tells me things about what the confidence level is of this coaching staff with our current offensive line and that they have not been in hot pursuit of a transfer guy to bring in and start. Um, So I'm expecting some big things. You know, Will Friend has been notorious for being a developer of offensive line talent. And if he feels like those guys can get the job done then, you know, then, then I, damn it, we're with them. Yeah. You know, listen, yeah. man, I, I definitely don't know better than Will Friend does about offensive line talent. Um, and he has been in offensive lines or in offensive line groups that have been nasty, that have been run blocking oriented. So, it's again, it's not like he doesn't know the position. So I do think that that's very interesting that Jeremiah Wright moved back over to the defensive line and they're riding with those guys that they currently have in the room. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how that happens. Um, or how that works itself out going into the season. You are now now listening listening to to 